0: Well, welcome to another edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's so good to have you along for the ride today because it's Everyone Wednesday. And Everyone Wednesday days are fun because we have so much stuff to give away. We're going to talk about kindness. We're going to talk about forgiveness, what it means to truly be kind. And we have five copies of a book to give away that you're going to love called The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. Greg Atkinson is my guest. He's going to join me later this half hour to talk about it, give you, since you are listening right at the start of the program, you know the deal. We open up the phone lines early on everyone Wednesday, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, kindness is an important attribute. It's part of the fruit of the spirit, um, which I think many people would refer to as the fruits of the spirit, but I believe the Holy Spirit bears fruit and the fruit takes on nine different forms, kind of the same way God is three and God is one. So I don't necessarily like to use the term fruits of the spirit, um, though there are individual, you know, the names, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. But when we think about the fruit of the spirit, how do we as Christians respond in ways that are truly kind to people who are growing more and more hostile to our faith in Christ. Case in point, uh, you may have heard the story uh, recently about a guy who apparently uh, uh, felt a need to vandalize the Catholic Church, uh, to use a satanic symbol in his vandalization, to go and turn all the crosses upside down. And, uh, you know, what should be done? Isaac Jordan Soto Olivares, uh, 27 years of age. Was arrested for vandalizing the Most Holy Trinity Catholic Church in El Paso, Texas. According to authorities, he broke into the church. He poured holy oil over parts of the building. He turned crosses upside down and wrote 666 on several items, including a mirror, a tabernacle, and a rosary candle. He was seen on a surveillance video of doing the vandalization. Uh, El Paso police and authorities. Um, have booked him into the El Paso County Detention Facility. He faces one offense of burglary of building, one charge of criminal mischief, damage, destruction to a place of worship, and one offense is uh, evading arrest or detention. In addition um, to the El Paso authorities, uh, the FBI's investigations, uh, West Texas Border Corruption Task Force, also participated in the effort to bring this guy to justice. Now, the question that we would have in a situation like this is why is this type of thing happening more and more? I think it's it's fairly obvious. This is just a, an anecdotal response. It's fairly obvious to me that this is happening because we see a more godless society taking hold. And yet that doesn't mean God is not here. It just means that more and more people are being more bold in their uh, desire to, Uh, live a certain lifestyle. Let's say something, some kind of licentiousness, some type of uh, bad behavior um, has always been frowned upon, infidelity, for example. And over the course of time, it becomes more common. Uh, Many people don't realize that a lot of states had laws on the books that if you were a married couple and one of the married couple members stepped out on the other, that person was actually guilty of an offense and could be sentenced to prison time. Now, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you heard about a guy stepping out on his wife or a woman stepping out on her husband and she wound up in jail? It just doesn't happen. That law isn't enforced. As those laws were not enforced and as fewer and fewer, fewer people took that, uh, that com- command to fidelity seriously, you see more and more people cheating on each other as a matter of fact it, it becomes glamorized to the culture to the point where you might think oh my gosh why has there been such an increase in the number of people who are committing adultery well maybe there's an increase or maybe it's just that people are more brazen about it maybe it's always been like this and people just didn't know because they hid their indiscretions now people flaunt them i mean you, you've got a whole culture that seems to be of the mind that you can do no wrong. Seriously, talk to a progressive and ask them when was the last time they ever had to admit they were wrong? I'll wait. I, I, we, I, we were doing business recently, engaged in business with a guy who is of the uh, LGBTQ community. And we did I mean, we weren't hiring him or firing him because he was or wasn't that way. It just that that's the way it turned out. He was the best guy for the job, so we thought and as we began to get down the road in that process we began to realize that he made some pretty serious miscalculations in fulfilling our desires you know for him to be the you know serving us in this uh, business capacity and every time we would bring that to his attention he got bitterly defensive and i began to wonder is it always like this with i mean seriously how many people are in churches right now for example where you're trying to defend your position as a christian and you get violently upset when people tell you that you're wrong i mean i thought the essence of our faith in christ is jesus is the potter and we are the clay on the potter's wheel in the potter's hands he is molding us and shaping us you know what that means that means we're not staying the same we 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 are we come to jesus a big old flat lump of clay We get on the potter's wheel and we spin and spin and get shaped and formed and molded and shaped and formed. And then what happens once we finally get to the point where we are ready to, you know, be on display, we go into a fire. We go into a crucible, if you will, a gauntlet. In the pottery world, it's called a kiln. And that's where all the impurities are baked out. You are basically sealed in that position. And then once it comes out, the pot is ready to be put on display so why the diatribe about you know why we're seeing more of these types of attacks on churches of course we're going to see it because the left and progressives and people outside the church are more brazen in thinking well i don't like this and i'm going to attack it because it shouldn't be here i mean this guy to to do what he did i don't know his religious background I don't know if he felt that he had been mistreated by the Catholic Church or, or whatever, but the church has an obligation then in this, in this point to respond. Now, the legal authorities have done what they were supposed to do. The church had surveillance cameras. Uh, apparently the FBI was involved in this too because he was a person of interest with regard to uh, uh, the, the West Texas Border Corruption Task Force. And the idea that this guy wound up doing a little over $4,000 worth of damage to the church overturning Christian uh, holy oil on parts of the building, overturning crosses, putting 666 on items, you know, vandalizing those, really messing with that. At the end of the day though, you know, as Christians, should we just turn the other cheek, right? It's $4,000, why are we pressing charges? Well, you know, I I I think what is at play here is the fact that we're seeing an uptick in this. Matter of fact, Family Research Council released a report Um, back in april that looked at incidences of or, or incidents of attacks on churches and church organizations and church buildings in the united states did you know that in the first three months of 2023 there were actually 70 attacks on christian church buildings in the u.s that's just in the first three months of the year so if you play that out over the course of the year Take the number of churches there are and figure that about 300 of them will be vandalized simply because they are bearing the name of Jesus Christ, simply because they are proclaiming the good news of the gospel. So you follow the law. Uh, This is the statement from the uh, Catholic Diocese of uh, El Paso. We are thankful that the physical damage to the church was minimal and has been fully cleaned up since the incident two weeks ago. Most Holy Trinity Catholic Church is open and continued uninterrupted with weekly and weekend services as usual. We ask for continued prayers for those who work in law enforcement, for the alleged perpetrator, and the entire Most Holy Trinity community. Great statement, right? I mean, we we do our due diligence. We cleaned up the mess. We didn't skip a beat. You know, they're not going to go after. We're praying for law enforcement. We're praying for our church community. We're praying for the alleged perpetrator. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you don't want justice from this guy. What's the court going to do? Make him pay the $4,000 to repair the damage? Put him in jail for six months or a year or two years? Maybe he has a rap sheet a mile long. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, I mean, obviously it matters in terms of settling your debt. But all of us who have sinned against God need his mercy and need his forgiveness. This guy needs Jesus more than anything else. You can lock him up and he'll get out and he'll go out and do the same thing again. This man needs Jesus. And so, Lord, we come before you today. We pray for the members of Most Holy Trinity Catholic Church. We pray for the law enforcement in El Paso. But we also lift up to you Isaac Jordan Soto Oliveras and for whatever possessed him to take on this church and to attack them. We pray, Father, that you would show him kindness and mercy the same way you've shown us kindness and mercy, but give him the hope, help him to see that he needs salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray that maybe this is the event and the way that the church actually responded to him after the horrible things he did to them will mirror the way you have responded to us with mercy and kindness and compassion in the same way we've done horrible things to you in our sinful licentious nature. Uh, We ask all these things in Jesus' precious and powerful name. And all God's children said, amen. Okay, the secret power of kindness. You know, we could change the world when we think about using kindness as an effective weapon in the lord's army in the lord's arsenal Uh, pastor and author greg atkinson has written a book about the secret power of kindness and identifies the 10 keys to unlocking your capacity to change the world we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com it's our everyone wednesday book today we have five copies we're giving away 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line on the other side of this break greg atkinson joins me for a great conversation coming up next as the bottom line continues or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services for simply better alternatives. Perhaps you've heard the old expression, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Well, guess what? We are in a moment right now in our culture where there are so many people who want to be seen and want people to pay attention to them and we of all people here in the body of christ are really in the best position to do something about it today on the bottom line show i'm joined by a best-selling author speaker pastor coach and consultant who's worked with churches of all different sizes along with josh McDowell ministries and others his name is greg atkinson and Greg is the author of a brand new book that could be revolutionary if we all put these principles into practice. The book is called The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. We've got a link for the book up at TheBottomLineShow.com. Greg Atkinson, welcome to The Bottom Line Show.
2: Hey, thank you for having me.
0: What a great concept. I mean, the idea that it, kindness, you know, anybody can be kind or we think we can be kind. And then we realized that the world isn't terribly kind, and kind of made me mar, mar the uh, the playing field a little bit. Uh, what was it about what you've you know, experienced as your role as pastor, consultant, and whatever that compelled you to say, hey, look, if we can understand the secret power of kindness, we really can change the world?
2: Yeah, so I have been uh, chewing and reflecting on this book for four years, and um, just looking at Uh, You know, the book starts out with my childhood and um, being treated in an unkind way and abuse and trauma and bullying and all that I went through in my life. And uh, I got to looking at, you know, our world four years ago and all that's happening just across our culture with divisiveness and people Mm -hmm. fighting and arguing online. And I just started reflecting more and more on it. And, uh, a good friend of mine, 20 year friend of mine, who's the publisher of this book flew to my house to meet with me in person and talk about it. And I had the original book proposal, which was a little different. And he had read through it and he said, Greg, I think you need to go all in on kindness. He said, that seems to be your heart. Let's just go right into breaking down this fruit of the spirit. And so I kind of reworked it and, through a brainstorming session, we came up with the title, The Secret Power of Kindness, and part of the secret is a lot of people don't realize kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And so uh, we wanted people to see this, this one little fruit of the Spirit, the power that it has, and how it together, if you're kind and I'm kind and we're kind to others, uh, we could change the world
0: you know it is interesting greg atkinson my guest today here on the bottom line and we're talking about the secret power of kindness his brand new book 10 keys to unlocking your capacity to change the world which is up at thebottomlineshow.com oftentimes we do look at the fruit of the spirit as literally as you know there's this big old basket (laughs) there's lots of different expressions of the fruit and when it comes to it you know love by all means, peace, self-control. Those are the ones we do. And kindness is kind of the next step on the way to, I, I had a friend who once said that uh, uh, he would uh, he would say that the state motto of Iowa should be gateway to Nebraska. You know, it just there really wasn't a whole lot to do yeah. in Iowa because you wanted to get to Nebraska. Kindness kind of falls in that category, doesn't it? I mean, there, that, that there is one aspect of kindness, let alone 10, that we can actually dig into. Where did you start to unpack this, Greg Atkinson?
2: Well, I did a lot of uh, Bible study. Uh, a lot of my writing comes from journaling. And then I uh, partnered with uh, Logos Bible Software, did more of a deep word search and uh, just studying uh, kindness throughout scripture, also studying a lot of stories throughout history. I think what uh, people have commented that they enjoy is the book is packed with so many stories, not just my own personal stories, but just you need obscure stories that most people have never heard of that show acts of kindness throughout history. And so um uh, just started doing research, and, um, you know, I mentioned in the book uh, Keanu Reeves, who's a famous actor from uh, The Matrix and movies mm-hmm. like that, who is not a Christ follower but is known for kindness and that his fans love him because of his acts of kindness – And I wrote about that in the context of a challenge to the church of, hey, we've kind of dropped the ball. This is what we are supposed to be known for. This is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a mark of a Christ follower. We need to be known for kindness. We need to be leading the charge when it comes to kindness. And so a lot of the book is really just a challenge to the Big C Church of, let's get back to what the early church was known for. One of the endorsers of the book is a pastor in California, and he said, this is what marked the early church. This is, this is what they were known for, was kindness. And so my charge to the church is, let's get back to that, and let's be known for kindness.
0: I love that. Greg Atkinson with me today here on The Bottom Line, pastor, church consultant, and author of the brand new book called The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, if we're going to practice kindness, it understands. Or it begins with our understanding of forgiveness. And I want you to talk about why that's kind of, th- this is the pivot point, isn't it? Where if we don't understand forgiveness, we really can't be kind to others.
2: Absolutely. You know forgiveness is the first chapter in the book. So as some people have told me, I go really deep, really quick. And uh, I have heard from people even in this past week that thought it was going to be kind of a light, cheesy uh, take on kindness. And when they read that first chapter on forgiveness, they said, wow, you went all in right at the beginning. (laughs) And what I found is we all have wounds. You know, I shared a story that My mentor uh, here in Charlotte told me when we first met, Greg, every man has a father wound and a church wound, and that goes for women as well. And I said, you know, I want to open up the book, sharing my father wound and my church wound, and see if people can relate to that. And i found that people do relate to that. But what I have often shared is there's a lot of people that would love to be known for kindness. They would love to be marked by kindness, Mm -hmm. but they are carrying so much pain, so much hurt that they are bitter and angry underneath the surface and they can just snap at someone and bite somebody's head off and do things that uh, would have them not be seen as a kind person. And so if we really, instead of dealing with things on a surface level, if we really go deep and deal with matters of the heart and learning to forgive those that have hurt us, it is more likely that we can be kind to others and not, you know, as I said, bite their head off.
0: Yeah, that, and that's that's essential because, you know, we, we've seen the social media memes. You talk about everyone's going through something. You really don't know, you know, uh, right. what they're going through. But it, it's amazing how sometimes the reason why we have a hard time being compassionate and kind to other people is that lack of forgiveness. And and I'm, I'm grateful that that's the first key. Greg Atkinson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. His book is called The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. We've got a link for the book up at the thebottomlineshow.com. You write about unlocking generosity Greg in this book and I'm grateful that you did because I'm not a generous person I mean it's it's not in my DNA I grew up with two depression era parents who were very very tight you know with when it comes to money and time resources things of that nature and I married a very generous woman so I'm learning I really am but talk about what you mean by generous I mean I'm talking generosity just in the tangible expression sense but uh, you go a little bit deeper in the book talk about that
2: yeah so in the generosity chapter i share several personal examples and then other historical examples and i mentioned that it's not just about money or finances that you know mother Teresa was known as a very generous person and she gave up her time and her presence she was very poor was never wealthy but she was there for people and cared for people and served people and so a lot of people would describe her as a generous person Even though she could not financially help people and so there are a lot of ways that we could use our time talent treasures to bless others to serve others and finance is just one part of that but i have tried to to model that to teach that to my three adult kids and um to to live a life that um that honors god in that way and uh, we all learn from somebody and so that's great that your wife is setting that example we could all uh, learn from being around people like that that push us towards beautiful things. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's, it's helpful. And I, I'm grateful that, Greg, you mentioned the fact that you have kids who are adults now. So unfortunately, they're well or fortunately, uh, I have the same situation. And those are our report cards right on how we did in terms of instilling these values into their their lives as Absolutely. they were coming up. But, you know, it's, it's amazing too. something else that you write about in this new book, The Secret Power of Kindness. That is a very kind thing to do for people. I'd, I'd love for you to kind of unpack the the issue of composure. People don't talk about this enough. We've gone from, well, we used to be such a stiff neck, button-down society, et cetera, et cetera, and now it just seems like everybody, you know, the, the slightest little injustice, and, and next thing you know, everyone's just kind of losing their minds. Talk about what it means to be a godly example of keeping your composure because you want to show the kindness of God to someone.
2: Yeah, so this was a practical example that could take place in somebody's uh, workplace. You know, if you're an employer or employee and you lose your cool and you yell at someone or you lose your temper in a meeting, they're not going to think of you as very kind. So I just kind of did a deeper dive into uh, composure, keeping your cool and learning uh, how a lot of it goes back to uh, emotional intelligence and EQ. And I have over the years read several books on emotional intelligence and Uh, Being self-aware and learning how we respond, what our facial expression shows, and um, and what people, you know, one of the best questions I ever ever encountered from uh, a deep thinker was to ask somebody, "What is it like to be on the other side of me?" And Mm. they will give you the real answer of, "What is it? Is it intimidating? Is it frightening? Is it frustrating? Like, what is it like to be on the other side of me?" And you mentioned. You know, having adult kids, I'm in this empty nest season. But uh, my publisher said, "Greg, I love the endorsements in your book, but the ones that moved me the most were the one by your your children." So, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. very first page in the book are three endorsements from my three adult kids that endorsed me and wrote about me as a kind person and a kind dad, and so mm. that means more to me than any of the other endorsements, and so. Uh, you Like you said, it's kind of the report card, but they have seen me keep my cool and handle things with composure, and so I think if you really want to learn and go deeper and you're in relationship with somebody that you trust, ask them, <clears throat> what is it like to be on the other side of me? Well,
0: pastor and church consultant Greg Atkinson is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. We're talking about his brand new book. I really enjoy this. I think you will, too. It's called The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. If you're a pastor, Bible study leader, I mean, this is a 10-week sermon series waiting to happen, or maybe a 10-week Bible study that you could take a look at if you really want to do a deep dive on the fruit of the Spirit. The book is up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of our conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Craig Atkinson is my guest and we're talking about The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com and we have not one, not two, not three, not four, but five copies of this book to give away here on Everyone Wednesday. We'd love to place a copy into your hands. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. And that is perfect timing that we had Greg here on the program today. Uh, when you think about uh, the story that we shared at the top of the hour about the man in El Paso who was arrested for vandalizing a Catholic church and our prayer that the magistrates, as it were, well, you, know, you've pros- you can prosecute someone to the fullest extent of the law, but what's the church response? Well, the church response is cooperate with authorities, but also to pray for this guy because the fact that he has so much anger and venom and uh, animosity towards either the church or the, the lord or god or the holy spirit whatever it is that made him that angry to want to paint 666 all over the inside of a catholic church to overturn crosses and and deface rosary candles and things like that it, 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 there's something much deeper than this and i believe first and foremost the name of the game is for us as believers To take a look at what's happening in the world like that and then say lord how can you redeem this for your glory so that everyone everywhere would be saved help us to go into all the world and pray for men like this and continue to preach the good news that is the bottom line hey let's take a quick break and when we come back we're at the midpoint of my conversation with greg atkinson on the topic of the secret power of kindness more in just a moment as the bottom line continues
3: You're a Christian who's been injured, so you need Christian attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to fight for you. With Stephanie, it's not just a routine legal process, it's a spiritual battle. She understands that a legal fight involves more than flesh and blood. It means confronting principalities and powers, and that's why she consistently prays with and for her clients. She forms long-lasting relationships with her clients, just as you would expect from someone who engages in spiritual battle alongside another believer. Praise for Stephanie pours in through cards, thank you texts, and letters from clients who thank her for checking up on them, coming to see them in the hospital, praying, and even finding alternative care when current care is inadequate. Inspired by Jesus' command to love one another, Stephanie uses her skill as an attorney and knowledge of insurance processes to fight for your completeness and healing. Don't wait any longer. Contact Stephanie Cover today at kbrightradio.com slash cover and let her take up your spiritual battle.
0: Great questions and great thoughts today here on The Bottom Line Show from Greg Atkinson, pastor and author of the brand new book, The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Um, <clears throat> you'd you'd w- wander into some rather uh potentially dangerous territory, Greg, with with the use of the word acceptance. And I would love for you to unpack this. This is the fourth key in the 10 keys. And we're just kind of doing a, a flyover, if you will, of these different keys. But when it talks about when you talk about acceptance, oftentimes a lot of people think that acceptance means license. And I don't mm-hmm. think that's where you're coming from with this, with regard to kindness as it pertains to the fruit of the spirit. Help our listeners understand why unlocking acceptance is the key to being able to live a kind life.
2: Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I'm really big on the the. You used to say this in the '90s in ministry. It, it was the song "Comes Just As You Are," that that yes. anybody can feel welcome. Uh, in in a church, in in the house of God, and so uh, a lot of people know me from previously having written books on hospitality and leading uh, a First Impressions conference that focuses on hospitality, and I even dive into hospitality a little bit in in this kindness book, but I wanted people to know that uh, I try to live in such a way that I welcome and love people, regardless of where they're from or their background or what they struggle with. And as I say in the book, and I may not agree with them, but I'm going to love and accept them and welcome them. And I think people have seen that lived out enough in my life that they know that there's uh, lo- uh, unconditional love. And, you know, Jesus was real big on loving our neighbor and you know, this model throughout Scripture that we should love our neighbor. And a lot of Christ followers are familiar with the great commandment. Uh, to love others as we love ourselves. And so, um, when I, when I broke down what, uh, the way I live my life and the people I interact with and somebody I actually just came from coffee with, um, it is, it is being able to sit across from somebody, look them in the eye and say, tell me your story and whether I can relate or agree with it or not, I'm just going to love them and try to be a good friend to them. And, um, I did an interview recently, and somebody said, Greg, what do you want to be known for? And that's one of the things, that I was a good friend and that I was kind.
0: But hmm. well, th- Those <laughs> – Those are great attributes to to have and to be remembered for and also be known for as you're alive. And Greg Atkinson is with me today here on The Bottom Line. We're taking a look, a really deep dive at the fruit of the spirit called kindness, of course. The Secret Power of Kindness is Greg's new book, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. And we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, We live in a world that I was having conversation with some of my broadcast colleagues earlier today, and we were discussing the fact that there is so much information available to people in the world right now, and that makes a lot of people think that they're smart. But remember the old expression, a mile wide and an inch deep, I think that inch is down to Mm -hmm. maybe half an inch or a quarter inch when it comes to how much people know. One of the keys to kindness, you say, is unlocking the key to wisdom and talk about why wisdom is so crucial if we're really going to demonstrate biblical kindness to people in the world today.
2: Yeah, when I when I when I talk about wisdom, I'm talking about choosing your battles carefully. What I have found in today's culture and the people that start stuff online behind a computer is they're making every hill a hill to die on. Yeah. And there's honestly not that many hills worth dying on when, you know, when it comes to uh, Jesus for salvation and and things that are essential to the, our core, the core of our faith and being a Christ follower, those are some hills to die on. But when it comes to preferences over little things, and I don't I'm not even thinking of any particular example, but I have found throughout life and as I get older and as I get more gray hair and as I've lived a little bit longer, there are very few hills to die on. And this could even be in marriage and how you relate to your partner and how often you fight or don't fight. It's finding that wisdom of, you know, in this moment, I've heard my coworkers say blank. I don't agree with it, but I'm going to choose to remain silent and just bite my lip, not say anything, and keep the peace. Sometimes that's the better part of wisdom. And then, you know, one of my favorite scriptures in James is, if we lack wisdom, ask and God will give it generously. And so... All throughout my life, my work, my business, I am praying for wisdom and that God would grant me insight into things that I'm not aware of.
0: That is very wise counsel from Greg Atkinson today here on The Bottom Line as we talk about kindness, uh, principles that he has outlined in his brand new book called The Secret Power of Kindness, 10 Keys to Unlocking Your Capacity to Change the World. The link is up at thebottomlineshow.com. Of course, patience is important, showing genuine love. But one of the the keys that you wind up with, actually the 10th key, uh, I want you to dive in if you would take the last couple of minutes of our time together to talk about why unlocking unity is key to kindness and kindness is the key to unlocking unity we have a biblical mandate to love one another in the body of christ and when i see even christians going after each other whether it's online or in different denominations in different settings it's heartbreaking and yet i wonder how many of us wonder why it is we don't have that unity seems like unity and kindness go together
2: yeah i wanted to culminate and end the book with the chapter on unity and it was actually based off of christ's prayer uh in John 17 in the garden, you know, his his final prayer was that we would be one, and he knew what was coming. He knew what would happen. He knew the human tendency, uh, and that we are all uh, sinful and fragile and uh, in a lot of ways can uh, can blow it, can argue with somebody we shouldn't argue with, and can disagree, like you said, even in between denominations and all the different things that factor into the Christian life and Uh, Jesus' prayer was that we would be one, and when I reflected on this book on on kindness, and my dream, as the subtitle says, that we could change the world, the capacity to change the world, I thought, if I'm kind to you, and you're kind to me, and we're kind to other people, you know, as I say in the book, kindness is contagious. Kindness unlocks kindness, and so together, when we are displaying kindness uh, I share an example of one time going through the drive through at Chick fil A, getting to the window, and somebody had paid for my order, of the car ahead of me. Mm. Well, that mm-hmm. made my day and put me in a good mood. Kindness is contagious, kindness unlocks kindness. Uh, my daughter was working the drive through at Dunkin' Donuts, and she said, Dad, today, like 27 people paid for the person behind them. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing when we pass on that kind of unity and that kind of brotherhood, and so um, that was the the prayer at the end of the book. You know, I start the book with a sentence, and I end the book with a sentence. Imagine a world where everyone is kind to one another, and if we are kind to one another, I believe we could change our world great words
0: of wisdom and empathy and acceptance and compassion for love and unity from greg atkinson today here on the bottom line just having fun with some of the chapter titles but uh, you really will wove it together so very nicely greg i know it's going to help a lot of people who do read it and it's no surprise it's nothing but five star reviews on amazon the book is called the secret power of kindness 10 keys to unlocking your capacity to change the world and we have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com pastor greg atkinson thank you for the work you've done on this book and thanks for being with us today here on on the bottom line
2: thank you so much for having me i'm honored well what a
0: helpful and powerful resource and you know what really just makes it all the 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 best for me (laughs) selfishly is the fact that it's everyone wednesday and we have five copies of this book to give away 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line again the secret power of kindness 10 Keys to Unlocking the Capacity to Change the World. That's the name of the book by Greg Atkinson. And on Everyone Wednesday, we've got 10 copies of this book we're giving away right now. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Our friends at Preborn always do such a great job of keeping us up to date with Bottom Line Show listeners, especially here in Southern California, who reach out to us and let us know that they are supporting Preborn. Uh, Milton in Lake Elsinore reached out over Labor Day weekend and made a gift of $840, a one-time donation to support ultrasounds and the uh, making them available to women all throughout the Southland through Preborn. Uh, if you're wondering why $840, it costs $28 to provide an ultrasound. That's the images, the pregnancy test, the meeting with the technician to show you how far along you are and then to explain what your options are. And 85% of the women who go to pre-born clinics and get the ultrasound test done for free to them, we pay for it. I mean, we as supporters of preborn. Uh, 85% of the women choose life for their children, either to become a mother or to release that child for adoption. Do what Milton did. He picked 30. I, I'm not what sure the the math was behind that, but he picked 30 kids to sponsor 30 appointments at $28 a piece. $840 donation, one-time tax deductible. Make your gift today at 833-850-BABY 833-850-2229 or go online to kbrightradio.com You'll see a picture of a couple of cute uh, newborn twins. Click that banner. Make your donation today. My thanks again to Greg Atkinson for joining me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about the secret power of kindness the 10 keys of unlocking your capacity to change the world yes with kindness we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com it's our everyone wednesday gift to you today we've got five copies of this book that we're giving away at 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line and by the way the keys are Unlocking forgiveness, unlocking generosity, unlocking composure, unlocking acceptance, unlocking rest, wisdom, empathy, patience, love, and unity. You put those into practice and watch how the world around you will change. Something else that would be very helpful too, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Charlie Munger. Uh, Charlie is a financial analyst. Uh, This is a guy who's a billionaire business partner of Warren Buffett. So maybe you might not know Charlie Munger's name, but most everyone in America knows the name Warren Buffett, one of the richest, you know, Berkshire Hathaway. Um, this, is, These are the guys who, the the big investors, the, the, the investors to end all investments. And it's very interesting because, you know, when you think about these guys, you know, the, 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 the so many people are trying to make money, trying to make it big, trying to invest in real estate or the stock market or trying to find a, a leg up. It's part of the reason why I love, Referring our bottom line listeners to Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial Services. Because, you know, the thing about Dennis is Dennis is not trying to make you wealthy. Dennis is trying to help you remain fruitful in ministry. Um, and, And the ministry you have, of course, is wherever you are, whatever you're doing. You know, just in the same way people have mistaken worship for that's what we sing on Sunday morning. You're worshiping God every moment. You're worshiping God while you're listening to the bottom line show or to any of the stations that carry our program you're worshiping God while you're in line at the coffee shop ordering an espresso and interacting with the barista I mean everything you do is ministry and it's worshiping God so when I think about what Dennis does you know you call Dennis at 800-696-9970 and you schedule an appointment and sit down and say okay these this is my portfolio good bad or otherwise maybe I've got a house Um, It's got a mortgage and I got a few dollars in the bank. Or maybe some people have uh, mega resources. My sister and I were talking about mutual friend of ours, our oldest friend, they were neighbors when we were growing up in Whittier. And I was two and Linda was four when we moved into that neighborhood. My brother wasn't even born yet. And these folks lived next door to us. And we were talking about what the nice Catholic family uh, didn't think they were able to have kids. They adopted a couple of boys and then they had a couple of their own. Then they adopted another one and um, the kids that their their biological children have had really good thriving lives and their adopted children had kind of a, a tough struggle but we were discussing how right before mom had passed away she had left a certain amount of money to each one of the kids and I thought wow that's really wild I, I would not have pegged them for having those kind of resources you know I mean we, we knew that uh, uh, she had been a school teacher and the dad had worked for a defense company or something like that, but we didn't realize they had that kind of scratch. But then I realized, well, you know, sometimes it's the people who live the most simply that wind up having the resources to be able to bless people. And that's one of the reasons I love working with Dennis because when you contact him, you tell you bring him what you've got and the first thing he does is help you find ways to make sure you never lose money on your investments again if you've got a a 401k or a stock portfolio or, or whatever it's great when the market's going up but when the market's going down you actually lose value and Dennis has investments like his CD alternatives and real estate investment trust alternatives when the market goes up you benefit when the market goes down you don't lose any money and trust me 10 years with us here on the radio my parents are clients my sister's a client i trust dennis and i know a lot of bottom line listeners too who do the same Um, 800-696-9970 as a matter of fact if you want to learn about what's really happening with your 401k and your ira and why your pension fund doesn't exist anymore uh call dennis's office ask for Brooke or for Emily and say, I want to see the movie, The Baby Boomer Dilemma. As a matter of fact, if you haven't seen it yet, call us here at 800-227-5278. We'll give you a free link so you can watch that thing and find out the history of the individual retirement account, the history of pension funds, and why they don't pay off as well as they should. But the problem that a lot of people are facing when it comes to the wealth that they have or don't have isn't so much that they have it or don't have it, it's their attitude toward it. And back to Charlie Munger, they had a, a annual meeting for Berkshire Hathaway recently, the 2023 edition and Warren Buffett um, expressed that he really had, you know, he's older now looking back and he says, quite frankly, he goes, I wish if I had the choice to be born anytime in history, I'd wanna be born right now. This is a superior world compared to anything that anyone's ever seen before it. Modern communication uh, makes it seem worse though. But it's interesting that then Charlie Munger took the microphone and what he had to say was very, very, very interesting. He made an observation. I mean, Warren Buffett was born, let's see, Charlie Munger was born in 1924. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a very elderly guy. But he was born just a few years before the Great Depression hit, stock market crash. What he had to say about now with that sage wisdom of someone who's about to turn 100 years of age I think speaks volumes to us about the benefit of biblical wisdom in a challenging economy. I wanna share those words with you on the other side of this break as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. A few moments left for you to call in uh, to win our Everyone Wednesday resource today. It's the great book on kindness by pastor and author Greg Atkinson. And we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com, The Secret Power of Kindness. Five copies to give away at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line Um, we were talking uh, before the break about this uh, uh, very very interesting uh, article uh, involving Charlie Munger who is the business partner of Warren Buffett you know Berkshire Hathaway is kind of seen as the benchmark everyone oh Warren Buffett's the richest man in the world well Charlie Munger isn't doing half bad either Uh, Charlie was born in 1924 so you could do the math as to how old he is. And he's still around. He's still uh, you know, doing what he's doing. Uh, at the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting not too long ago, Warren Buffett, Buffett said, I love what's happening in the world right now. Um, even though modern communication can make the world seem like it's worse than it is for my money, this is the best time to be alive. And um, you know, the world is a remarkable place to live. So then Charlie Munger was asked to give his thoughts on what's happening right now. And um, he had a very uh, different take. As a matter of fact, it was slightly less than optimistic of the view that Warren Buffett had. But here's what he had to say. He says, we have an influx of young, brilliant minds into wealth management. And I don't think that's good. We don't need as many wealth managers as we have. And someone said, well, would you want to go back? You know, Buffett's assets that reminded him, you were born in 1924, would you want to go back to that? Uh, Munger said, yeah, I, I would really hate to go back to that. I like, uh, you know, more wealth managers who are merely reflecting the fact that there's more wealth, but I don't know anybody uh, who wants to go into wealth management now and thinks it's going to be a career. But then he shared something that I thought was very interesting. He said, quite frankly, I'm not as optimistic about the world, especially when it comes to the financial world, as Warren Buffett, he said, I think it's going to get tougher for people to find happiness with things. And this is when when Charlie Munger said, I think the best road ahead for human happiness is to expect less. Now, let that sink in for just a moment. The idea that this is, I mean, let's face it, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway model has generated hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars as a matter of fact the Berkshire Hathaway portfolio even with up and down uh, market trends of the past couple of years is still worth over 500 billion dollars they've made investments into companies that and they have no intention of selling those those, those investments but Munger says, look, here's the thing. The cornerstone to a fulfilling life is not rolling the dice, going big or going home. He says rather the, what he calls old values really make this all work. Old values like honor, trust, hard work, frugality. He said those are the cornerstones of a fulfilling life using his words. He said, you know, one of the most crucial, if not the most crucial decisions in life, he says, is finding the right spouse, <laughs> living within your means. And then he said something that I think is, is so very, very important for us as Christians to remember, because sometimes we fall victim to this too. I've had the privilege of sitting in the catbird seat here in the broadcast world for 40 years, two thirds of my life. And maybe I'm reflective now because I turned 62 last week. And, you know, that's the age in this culture where you can start getting social security and you can think about retiring. And and I I don't have a retirement plan because I'm not going to retire. I mean, I think, you know, my, my buddy, Dennis Wilson, who I was just talking about recently, two weeks ago, he was in Niger, Africa. He was building churches there. I mean, Dennis is a force to be reckoned with in Africa ivory coast west africa you name it that's where dennis and kathy wilson have made a mark and this all started with him being at a bible study and a guy in the bible study saying hey you got to go to africa with me and dennis goes fine i'll go just to get you off my back and next thing you know he's got 20 trips under his belt brooke went with him next time we have him here on the bottom line show we'll be talking about uh that adventure that they had and the church they built to honor the memory of his son brent um, who if you remember uh, Bottom Line Show listeners on k Radio in Southern California uh, BPM Heating and Air Conditioning uh, BPW rather that was Brent Patrick Wilson well Brent and his buddy Pat um, his brother-in-law uh, they had a great heating and air conditioning company and I used them a couple times in our home my sister's home and they were fantastic just wonderful men of God and uh, Brent had a medical condition and uh, on Good Friday 2021 he had gone to sleep the night before and he didn't wake up And so to honor his memory well he woke up with the lord in heaven and to honor his memory uh dennis and kathy were in niger a couple weeks ago building a church in brent's honor it takes maybe ten thousand dollars by the way if you're interested call wilson financial at 800-696-9970 they'll give you all the details on how you can make a tax-deductible donation to build a church in africa there may be a situation where your church is sitting on a lot of equity and I ask you the question, you know, a lot of churches say, hey, we burned our mortgage, that's fantastic. Yeah, how much is your property worth? I'll, I'll never forget this happened at a church, I believe it was in the La Jolla area, it was at a convention of Lutheran pastors and we were talking to a congreg- couple of congregations, one in LA and one in San Diego who had traveled to uh, Omaha for this, uh, this meeting. And there we were sitting around the lunch table and they were both talking about the fact that their churches were kind of taken on water in, in terms of attendance but they were both sitting on buildings that were worth over $20 million. And I thought to myself, with that $40 million, if they were to sell those buildings and move those small congregations into other facilities, what could they do with the money? What good could be done for the kingdom? But no one really had ever ventured to think about, well, we don't sell the building. I mean, it's paid for, this is our church. And I thought, wait a minute, where's our kingdom advice? Here's Charlie Munger, 99 years of age, saying that the road to happiness as a human being is to expect less from the world. And I thought, as my wife and I will often look at each other and say, that'll preach. (laughs) Absolutely will preach. But Charlie Munger gave the success quotient, if you will, and it had nothing to do with investments. It had everything to do with what he calls old values, trust, honor respect character i mean these are things that are more valuable than whatever amount of money you could make and i think in the same way if you were as we were talking with greg atkinson early about earlier in the uh, half hour here about kindness that may be one of the most valuable gifts you could share with somebody outside the church somebody who does not have a relationship with the lord yet I I shudder to think how many times we as Christians may have turned somebody off to the gospel because they said, well, you talk about love and joy and peace and forgiveness and, and, and how God has accepted you and cleaned you up and made you a new person. And the reality is that you're still living like that old curmudgeon who's short with people and crunchy with people. And it's just amazing. I challenge each of us today to put Charlie Munger's words into action. The road to human happiness starts with expecting less from the world and the values that are going to make you successful in life, quote unquote, are honor, respect, loyalty, um, hard work, frugality. And by the way, if you need any help with that on the financial services side of the equation, you have to call Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial Services, 800-227-5278, and set up an appointment to meet with one of Dennis's trained professionals, or even talk to Dennis and Chewy yourself, and see how God would use what he has given you for his glory highly recommend that that's the good news on that and that's the bottom line for those who remain on the network uh, we've got a special half hour coming up for you just around the corner but i do want to bid adieu to our friends at kcbc who listen to the live part of the program you'll hear this final half hour on what we call the bottom line extra coming up tonight at 7 p.m on am 770 kcbc rabbi schneider is awaiting you with discovering the jewish jesus coming up next a few seconds left to get in on the call for the giveaway for the book by greg atkinson called the secret power of kindness 10 keys to unlocking your capacity to change the world we've got five copies up for grabs here on this everyone wednesday and we're giving them away right now 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line On the other side of this break, we're going to do a little analysis, balance, and clarity with regard to an issue that I think is uh, an important one for us, and that is the issue of when does kindness cross the line? When does somebody who thinks they're being kind to somebody else actually wind up showing negligence and, and doing more harm than good? Can you imagine telling a person who's battling with depression that the best thing for them to do is to kill themselves? We have an actual story of that happening at a hospital in Canada coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, still taking your calls for Greg Atkinson's book on kindness. I'm 800-227-5278. It's always nice to go into a program especially these Everyone Wednesdays, more of the publishers are finding out what we're doing. And you know, a lot of times they'll say, hey, you want a copy or two of the book or a copy to the DVD to give away. But now that people are catching wind of the fact that we do Everyone Wednesday here on the bottom line, Greg Atkinson's publisher said, here's five copies, give them away on that Wednesday thing. And so we are doing that, 800-227-5278, 800 227 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, as we talk about kindness, it's very interesting because when you think about what kindness really entails, there are a lot of people on the progressive leftist side of the conversation that really do think that what they're doing is kindness. It's, It's good and nice and right and true and biblical and all that sort of stuff, simply because they have a smile on their face and they feel good when they're doing it or it makes them feel good to talk about doing it, whether they do it or not. The great thing about kindness in God's economy is God's kindness has an action that leads you to be a better person. Not that the goal of being a better person is the ultimate goal. I mean, let's not mistake ourselves uh, for just a moment. The fact that when a lot of people come to faith in Christ, you know, and, and the sales pitch that you get in the, uh, in the altar call, Is, do you want your problems to go away? Do you want your sins forgiven? Do you want a better life and a better marriage and stuff like that? Then just give your heart to Jesus and he'll give you all this stuff. It's kind of the way we argue it away. The reality is, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner. We don't want to be sinners. We're born sinful into a sinful fallen world as we talked about last week on the national crawford roundtable podcast we're asking the question why is it that the american work ethic has gotten so soft and flimsy for so many people not that everyone has it but a lot of people it has come that way and my answer was because we're sinful and we live in a sinful fallen world if you leave us to our own devices we're looking for the easiest way out what do i have to do to get the most money for the least effort i mean that's just our human nature When God takes over, when Christ becomes the Lord of our life and the Holy Spirit is ruling what we do, you become a new creation. And that new creation was created to be fruitful. That means in your labor, you want to be the best employee and you want to be the most productive and the most fruitful. In your relationships, you want to be the best friend. In your marriage, you want to have a house that thrives and kids that are... Beaming and mom or dad is you know really benefiting from being in this marriage as well. It's all about turning away from your natural sinful tendency and receiving the goodness of the gift that God has given you—eternal life, which leads to fruitfulness, thriving, and going and telling everybody about what happened to you. But oftentimes in the culture that we're living in right now, kindness is seen as weakness raise your hand keep one hand on the wheel if you're driving but raise your hand if you've ever been betrayed in a relationship that you thought was pretty rock solid simply because you eventually found out well that person who with whom i was in relationship only really liked being in the relationship with me for two reasons first of all i made their lives better and secondly they thought i was some kind of chump or some kind of sap because I treated them with the kindness of God and they mistook that for weakness. Now, when it comes to the definition of kindness in scripture, it's very interesting to look at um, a passage in scripture that we quote often. I'll never forget, I believe it was Leslie Phillips and Matthew Ward back about 40 years ago recorded a song for one of Leslie's contemporary Christian albums. She since left the faith and records under the pseudonym of Sam Phillips. But they had a song called Your Kindness. And it was kind of a children's, uh, it was a, a, when power ballads were all the rage. A guy and a girl singing a ballad, uh, you know, kind of a God is my girlfriend or boyfriend song. And this one, it's in 3-4. It's your it's your kindness that leads us to repentance, oh Lord, knowing that you love us no matter what we do, makes us want to love you too. It's very simple theology that's probably not completely accurate, but it's a nice, uh, It's a nice song and it got a lot of people going to Romans chapter 2 verse 4 where you find that actual passage. God's kindness leads us to repentance. The fact that God in his mercy is kind to us and shows us a kindness. True kindness means it leads you to turn away from what you're doing wrong and to lean into what you're doing right. But that's not the whole verse. The whole verse of Romans chapter 2 verse 4 reads like this. Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? In other words, think about this for a moment, you Roman Christians. Paul's basically saying, look, guys, here's the deal. Um, the, 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 The point that's going on here is you don't just take the love of God for granted. You don't just, I mean... If you look at the, the four verses leading up to this passage, the whole segment is God's righteous judgment. After Romans 1, which is kind of a primer for every Christian to read to find out who God is and who we are in Christ, Paul writes, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge one another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. Well, the culture these days doesn't know that, but we who are spiritual and have discernment do. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? That contempt, or in Greek, uh, the word can also be uh, translated as despised. To look down on, to scorn, to show contempt. The same contempt that you hold for others, for things that you do. By writing that phrase, There's a good possibility that Paul is speaking directly to the Jews who think that they have a covenant relationship with God that would shield them from final judgment, not knowing that Messiah has come. And now there is, what did Jesus say? This cup is the new covenant in my blood. He literally takes over the Passover and says, no more blood on the doorpost, no more four different cups, including the cup of wrath and judgment. That was the cup that Jesus said in the garden when he makes that reference, let this cup pass from me. And you might ask, well, why would he say that? They're in the garden. They already had the last supper. He's already given them the new covenant. Why is he doing that? Because since he has announced that he is the Passover lamb, that his blood will be shed for your forgiveness and for my forgiveness. Think about this for a moment. When Jesus says, let this cup pass from me, it's the second cup, I believe, in the Passover. And he's referring to, The fact that that cup of wrath is the cup that he has to drink. So that we might be able to have communion around the Eucharist, which is the cup now of blessing, the cup of the new covenant in Jesus' blood. This is the body of Christ given for you. Many people will say broken, but it was never actually broken. It was given for you. Jesus never had a bone broken on the cross. Incredible as it seems, it didn't happen that way. His body was given for you and for me for the forgiveness of our sin. His blood was shed. This is the new covenant now that we drink. We eat of his body, we drink of his blood, and now we'd show, we proclaim his death is our resurrection until he comes to take us home. Kindness is of the utmost importance for us as Christians, and it basically is the kind of a forerunner to how we are going to live our lives. We are going to demonstrate godly kindness in all we do. So when someone who is in dire straits seeks godly counsel from someone, you expect that that person will tell them the truth in a loving fashion. If that person maybe is facing a terminal illness and they call for pastoral counseling and they wanna know what's gonna happen, And a counselor or a chaplain or someone will come in. And what do you tell somebody who finds out that the doctors say you've got six months to live, the cancers are inoperable, and the damage is irreparable? What do you do? One of the most loving things you could do is sit with that person and say, you know what, God feels your pain. God knows what it's like to hurt. Jesus Christ was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And I'm here to weep with you as you weep and to mourn with you as you mourn. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere because you probably feel alone. And if you do, I just want you to know I'm here. No judgment, no condemnation. You know, who cares that you smoked four packs a day for 40 years or whatever it was that gave you lung cancer. So few people get lung cancer now from cigarette smoking, it seems. They're getting it from other reasons, though. For years, we were told lung cancer was a result of cigarette smoking. So let's get rid of it now. It's like 11% of Americans smoke cigarettes. But it seems like we have more cases of lung cancer being reported every year. So Don't always trust the science on that one. But what happens if you are in a situation where you are, you're really feeling like you're at the end of the rope? Desperate, alone, afraid, and you're looking for help. Can you imagine going to a hospital and saying, you know what, I'm not sure life's worth living anymore. And the first thing they say is, yeah, you should probably off yourself. I mean, that's, that sounds so callous and it sounds so cold. And as a matter of fact, if you were to, there are more and more cases of young people where someone will you know, be on there making some comments to their, their thirst trapping, I think is the phrase they use where they'll put a picture of themselves up there kind of looking good going, Hey, does everybody like how I look at my picture? And, or, you know, I, 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 fe- I feel like I'm kind of depressed and I don't know what to do. If you could imagine what would happen when a young person says to somebody else, yeah, you're right. I don't know how you're going to get rid of those ears. I don't know what you could ever do. I, there's not enough surgery to fix those nose that, you, that nose that you have. I, you know, you probably would be better off just ending it. Young people will say that to each other and they mean it just to see if the person will do it. And there have been more and more cases of people who have been convicted for the crime of encouraging someone online to end their life. Well, if that's the case then why is it that there are, there's now a portion of canada's medical system that's called made that's trying to help people who are dealing with depression by giving them the so-called solution of offering them assisted suicide to end their depression we'll look at this bizarre case happening north of the border coming up next as the bottom line continues And ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh doing an analysis, balance, and clarity situation uh, here today on... I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm really not laughing. I'm just shaking my head like how strange has the world become? Karen Mentler, age 37, went to the Vancouver General Hospital's Access and Assessment Center back in June. She had been experiencing suicidal thoughts for quite some time, and so she was seeking out psychiatric relief. She basically said that uh, you know she was feeling really despondent and she did not want to die. She was hoping that if she checked herself into the hospital, that it would protect her from acting on her suicidal thoughts. But according to a report in the Christian Institute, Ms. Mentler was informed that basically there were no beds available. Uh, They also told her that if she wanted to see a psychiatrist as an outpatient, that there was a very, very long wait for available medical professionals who could help her. According to uh, this report from the Christian Institute, the clinician who was doing the intake questioning then asked Ms. Mentler if she'd ever considered MAID. Now, MAID is a program in Canada. Remember the Canadian system, all the progressives are like, we need healthcare like in Canada. Canada is the best. Canada, Canada, Canada. Well, MAID is an acrostic for the medical assistance in dying program. That's a fancy way of saying the clinician, when a woman who's been battling depression for most of her adult life came to the Vancouver General Hospital's Access and Assessment Center. She wanted to check herself in to get an evaluation, maybe just take a few days off and just kind of get her thoughts together and see a psychiatrist about, you know, talking about these thoughts that she had. The clinician informed her, first of all, there are no beds available right now. Secondly, that if she wanted to see a psychiatrist as an outpatient patient, it was a very, very long wait And then third, that she should consider the medical assistance in dying program. In other words, what this woman said to her was, you should consider killing yourself. What's amazing to this is the clinician continued, didn't back up. Now, Karen Mentler, just to be fair here, Catherine Mentler. Um, She admitted that she suffers from chronic suicidal ideation. She's thought about this before. Probably thinks about it several times a day. Um, You know, what would it be like if I weren't here? It's interesting because the MAID program itself actually is relatively new. And it is so new, in fact, that no one... Who applies for this program with any kind of mental issue would be eligible for it before 2024 the vancouver general hospital did not respond to a request by the christian post for comment on this however in a statement to the christian institute the hospital, quote, apologized for any distress caused and said that the offer of assisted suicide is, quote, unquote, a matter of procedure to determine if the patient is a threat to do any sort of mortal harm to either himself, herself, or anyone around them. Now, for those who are looking at the United States and saying, well, California is five or six states that allow for euthanasia, what we call, used to call assisted suicide canada has legalized this nationally back in 2016 they made physician assisted suicide a reality now when they did so however the country limited this to a certain group of people you had to be a citizen or a permanent resident of canada you had to be 18 years of age or older and you had to have been enduring what they called intolerable suffering and you had to be suffering from, hence diagnosed by a psychiatrist as having quote a serious and incurable disease, illness, or disability. Now there are different types of dementia, for example, that are very, very aggressive in form. And while somebody would, um, uh, would somebody would actually, uh, you know, co- consider ending their life, sometimes with you have the very aggressive forms of dementia like norm nelson of compassion ministries did Um, norm passed away within a year of the diagnosis you don't necessarily need physician-assisted suicide because your body's kind of killing itself anyway um it's very very interesting to see that this woman met up with a clinician and basically it the conversation went from look i have basically suicidal ideations I think about this a lot. It's something I can't get out of my mind. I do not want these thoughts, but I have them. But when the clinician said, well, there are no beds here and it's going to take you forever to see a psychiatrist, but I got an idea. Why don't you join our MAID program and have a medically assisted um, suicide? We'll provide it. Medical assistance in dying. The clinician then went on to say something even more shocking. Kathleen Mentler said, "Um, you know, it's interesting. I went in there saying, I think my life has value, but I can't shake the feeling that I don't want to be here anymore. But when the clinician told me my best bet was the medical assistance in dying procedure, it made me feel like my life was worthless. Or that the only way I could solve the problem was if I chose assisted suicide. Here's what makes this so interesting, though. The clinician then continued with Ms. Mentler and basically told her that they had seen another patient who was also struggling with mental illness. They offered the medical assistance in dying program. The person ended their life and the clinician felt a sense of, using their words, relief after the person took their own life. Now, I don't know about you, but this does not seem like a faith-based solution to a problem like suicide, but it also does bring up a very, very interesting point that I want to get to on the other side of this break. Let's continue our conversation about how should the church respond to this surge in people dealing with uh, uh, suicidal ideations and the desire to end it all. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. 833-850-BABY, that's the number I've been telling you about for the past year here on The Bottom Line, to call our friends at Preborn and make a tax-deductible donation to save lives. You want a sure thing? Let me give you a couple of guarantees. First, when you call Preborn and make a tax-deductible donation of $28, you are providing an ultrasound appointment for a woman who is facing a pregnancy that perhaps she didn't think was going to happen, or maybe she's in between insurance and she wants to get more than just a, you know, that pregnancy test that she takes at the store. Preborn will do the testing for her, they'll do the ultrasound appointment for her, and then tell her what her options are. Because a lot of women quite frankly aren't quite sure. They're told by the world, you're either gonna have the baby or you're gonna have an abortion. But there's the adoption option, and preborn can explain adoption, pre-born can explain how to go through the attorneys. Preborn could explain all the resources available to you as an expectant mother whether you are married or not. So we encourage you to make a donation. $28 provides one ultrasound appointment, 280 provides 10, and $15,000 one-time donation to Preborn will give a new ultrasound machine to a Preborn clinic that needs one. Call 833-850-BABY today, 833-850-2229 or click the banner at kbrightradio.com welcome back to this everyone wednesday edition of the bottom line show i'm roger marsh we're talking about the kindness uh, that is needed to help people deal with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder uh, depression even thoughts of worthlessness or uh, wanting to end their lives and a woman who uh, showed up at vancouver uh, general hospitals access and assessment center back in june said she suffers from chronic suicidal ideation Um, said look i want to go on to you know to live my life but i'd like to check in here for a couple of days spend some time with a psychiatrist maybe some group therapy how do i lick this thing and the clinician said well we don't have any beds and you can't see a doctor probably for another year at least so the best thing you do is the medical assistance and dying program made they call it because it spells the word made And um, that way, I know know the last time I saw somebody who was in your situation, they did physician-assisted suicide, and it was such a huge relief. Now, what's interesting about it is the clinician never bothered to ask Ms. Mentler if even though she suffers from the suicidal ideation, if she ever thought of ending of your life. As a matter of fact, in an interview with the Christian Post, Catherine Mentler said that she found it strange that the hospital would have suggested this to her, first of all, because no one is eligible for the program for another year. And secondly, even though she has these suicidal thoughts, it has not stopped her from finding joy in her life. It's interesting because... Uh, the country initially had done it for people who were suffering, um, uh, just, you know, the basic disabilities and things of that nature, where it was getting kind of tougher and tougher. Now they want to do an expansion into mental illness, uh, that won't go into effect until March 17, 2024, um. Charlie Camosi is a medical humanities professor at Creighton University School of Medicine, been a guest on the Bottom Line show. He's part of the uh, Democrats for Life ministry, or has been for quite some time. He was giving a panel discussion, or part of a panel, at the Institute for Human Ecology at Catholic University in America, and he said this of suicide, physician-assisted suicide. Uh, Once you permit it, it's very difficult to keep it where it was originally intended because medically and morally, it seems unjust to limit it to a particular population for which it was intended. Uh, There was a guy by the name of Tyler Dunlop who lived in Canada. Uh, He wanted to end his life because he was homeless and he felt that he had no reason to live. Um, When he went to the hospital, uh, he was offered food and water and shelter and uh, he actually went so far as to refuse that because he said this is what I want to do but think about this he said I chose assisted suicide because I didn't think I was going anywhere he said but once he started fighting off food and water and shelter he began to realize that he had a will he had a will to actually live based on the fact that he was rejecting things that he knew would keep him alive And so now he's in rehab, now he's getting some counseling and he says, look, I have looked at every resource to possibly get better and some of us can't do that. According to the annual report of MAID in Canada for the year 2021, there were actually 10,000 people who chose physician assisted suicide. That's 3% of all the deaths in Canada physician-assisted suicide but check this out when the law was passed in 2016 the number of deaths over the past seven years is 31,000 so in the first four years there were 20,000 people who chose physician-assisted suicide in Canada in 2021 10,000 more added to the roster during the COVID pandemic brothers and sisters this is why we need community This is why we need people. You and I have this conversation every day on the radio or on the podcast or on My Hope Now, but you need people in your life, and I do too, that we can actually press the flesh with, that we can have Bible study with and communion that you can hug and talk to and laugh and cry with and argue with and make up with. You know, I mean, we were created for relationships and we're one body of Christ. No one part of us can say, I don't need the rest of the body and I'm gonna check out of here. It may be offered as a kind solution to someone's mental problems, but a physician-assisted suicide is never part of God's plan. That's the bottom line.